Hey, it's Bill Simmons, and the Ringer NFL Show has you covered for all your pro football needs. Sunday night, get Michael Lombardi and Tate Frazier's rapid reactions on GM Street. On Tuesdays, the Ringer NFL Show with Robert Mays, Kevin Clark, and regular guest Danny Kelly break down all the biggest angles on Wednesday. GM Street again on Thursdays. Clark, Mays, and Danny are back at it again. And on Friday, GM Street's Friday Focus gives you all the insight you need for gambling and everything else. Don't forget about my podcast, too, on Mondays. The BS Podcast, Cousin Sal and I playing Guest Alliance. More importantly, The Ringer NFL Show. Subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Chris Ryan. This is Sources Say, and man, sources are talking this week. They needed us. The streets needed us. The streets needed us. Um, There's been so much happening. I just want to say, still, my favorite storyline of this NBA season is Bradley Beal saying that the the Wizards team meeting (laughs) was not pointless, but didn't really accomplish anything. But let's move on to bigger and better items. I'm kind of sad. Are you? Well, here's the thing. In a weird way, the Clippers are our team. The Clippers are our team. I feel like they came together really, like Lob City really started popping off when we, pretty much when we moved to LA. Yes. And um, and they've been like a constant in our podcasting lives. It's true. Is the drama in LA with Blake and DeAndre and Chris and Doc. It's really true. Um, End of an era. Between the, the two storylines that really gave us life were... Uh, Paul George in Indiana. Yes, that, gave, that <laughs> certainly. It also gave his child life. Also included <laughs> Callie Rivers, connection to the Clippers. Yeah. And Lob City, you're right, because um, we started working at Grantland. Well, you started in 2011. Yeah. And I did kind of ish. And then, and that was when Chris Paul came to the Lakers, to yeah. the Clippers. And so um, Lob City was alive as long as Grantland was. And, <laughs> <laughs> actually, it just outlived Grantland. And now it's really dead, as is Grantland. So it's all come full circle. And that's all to say Blake Griffin is gone. Yes. Yeah. Peace out, Blake. So. Blake Griffin got traded to Detroit. Obviously, you guys probably know this by now if you're listening to your 15th NBA podcast of the week, no doubt. And he was traded less than 48 hours ago, and it feels like a week. Yeah. I mean, the Bradley, the Washington Wizards players only meeting feels like it was in 2016. John Wall's already, was he out for the season? He's He's out six to eight weeks, but is it going to be explosive John Wall in eight weeks? I don't think so. We'll see. We'll talk a little bit about that. But with Blake, man, I was, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. First of all, just, I'm really savoring just seeing Blake in a new setting. I realized how energized I was. I hope he is too. I know that Verno said he was sad, but Blake getting off the private jet in the obviously freezing tarmac in Detroit and just talking about how excited he was to start this new chapter, but subtle shot at the Clippers fan base. What did he say? Just talked about like the passion of Mm. the fans that he can already see. And you got to remember, Blake has... It's kind of taking some shots at the Clippers fans. He's like, it feels like it's an away game yeah. when like we're here, we're playing, and it's like I think that that was that's what that's what he I think that was after a Warriors loss. Yeah, he was like the reason why we lost is because of the fans. Yeah, so I guess the Clippers fans still loved him, but I don't know if it went both ways. Yeah, so it's it'll be interesting to see him in the East. It'll be interesting to see him playing with Drummond. It's interesting to see him playing in front of a new fan base that probably has been dying to have like a big name like that. I don't know. I'm kind of excited to watch the Pistons. I, I don't I don't know necessarily that 
they're going to get more than like this. I mean, a lot of people are really shitting on this trade, but I think they can get the six seed. Interesting. You do? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's great. I, <laughs> I hope that works out. I guess they can. The East is kind Here's, of you know what You know what happened was they're, I was so they're currently in nine, but... out on Tibbs earlier in the season. Uh-huh. I was like, Tibbs doesn't know how to coach anymore. He's like, doesn't get along with these guys, doesn't communicate. And the Timberwolves are awesome. And Stephen Van is a really good coach. And it, everybody's like, well, how is he going to make this work? Like, he might figure out a way. I hope so. Because... Um, the consensus is that Stan Van Gundy needs to make it work to keep his job. Yes. Basically. And that was why they made the trade in the first place. Right. And he's the one who makes that trade, isn't he? He's the president of basketball ops. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot other other strands we need to get into here. First of all, I just want to let you know that the high today in Detroit is 39. Yeah. Um, the Detroit, the high today in That's Los Angeles. That's probably balmy for Detroit it in is. January. I think that is balmy. It's also going to snow for the rest of the week. But Blake came off the plane in a very large winter coat. I liked it. Do you think Blake's seen uh, the Jennifer Lopez, George Clooney classic out of sight? Um, I bet he has, actually. Yeah. Don't you feel like that's a movie Blake Griffin would see? Because that movie, I guess Detroit's not super cool in that movie, but it looks cool. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um... There's just so there's just was a lot of player reaction to it as well. Yes. So um, the Blake Griffin Clippers meeting from July, June, July 26, 2017 has been been revisited a lot in yeah. the in the wake of this trade because he was signed to a five year one hundred thirty seven million dollar deal and the Clippers like wooed him by saying he would ret- was it like one hundred seventy three it was oh, yeah, one hundred thirty seven yeah one seventy three yeah, yeah. reverse those numbers um, the Clippers said he would retire as a Laker for life right. and they ran him through a maze throughout Staples Center with all this like this is your life paraphernalia up like showing him in Oklahoma showing him get drafted and then when he it got to the end of the maze. He was overlooking Staples Center, yeah, and they were lifting his his jersey into the rafters and being like, "This is what's going to be." And they you. made those T shirts that yeah. were made it to social media. And I've really been enjoying rereading Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers' interviews about being a Clipper for life, it's, about how Blake's going to be a Clipper for life. It's pretty wild. And then ever since that happened, he was he's been photographed with Kendall Jenner quite a bit. Um, he you know he got injured again. Like it's just been a, a pretty weird time for Blake. And it's I, interesting. It sounds like that the precipitating event that caused the Clippers to be open to this in the first place was his December injury. And to that, I just am kind of like, did you not think that Blake Griffin was going to get injured again? Right. Did you think that he was like had a new body or something? Yeah. Since you signed him to a $173 million deal. Um, it's pretty it's pretty wild to see that he got that they just that he just got traded like that. And that the Pistons are also not worried, I guess, about his injury history. Well, I think that they think he's going to put butts in seats. But the players' reaction to this, like the various other players around the league yes. reacting to this, I would I don't know how to characterize Blake's popularity in the league. I don't really either. That's a good point. He seems fun and he's like an A-lister, but he's not part of like a, a look. Click. He's not part of a clique. No, it used to be him and DeAndre, but they don't hang out as much anymore. Right. And and so I don't get the impression like you know, the Warriors and the Clippers have had really feisty games. I don't get the impression like he is beloved by other players, but it's really just a superficial reading of like the way people are with him on the court. And sure. these quotes are more general. So sure. Steph, Katie, and LeBron all weighing in. Steph said, it's another example of players being pigeonholed with the idea of loyalty, sacrifice, and all that kind of stuff when it comes to signing deals and where they want to play. It's not reciprocated on the other end consistently. Classic Steph, like reasonable take. Katie, when he signed, they did say he was going to be a Clipper for life. We know those words don't really mean anything as players. Okay. <laughs> LeBron, when a player gets traded, it's it's they it's it's their doing. It's them doing what's best for the franchise. 
But when a player decides to leave, it's he's not loyal, he's a snake, he's not committed. It's just that's the narrative of how it goes. I'm definitely aware. I know firsthand. We'll be heading into LeBron a little bit later. What do you think of these reactions? These are more like this is a parable, less about like Blake Griffin. Yeah, this isn't like I feel so bad for Blake because yeah. he probably had so much, like his roots were so down in, in LA and now he's moving to Detroit. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, just thinking about like who Blake has been photographed with, like the first, like when Sam Decker got traded to the Clippers, he was like him and his and his former fiance and Sam Decker and his wife like all went out to dinner like in Beverly Hills. Yeah. But like, I don't really feel like Sam Decker is like, you know, m- makes a squad. And then he was photographed with Chandler Parsons a lot over the summer as well. Blake was. Yeah, yeah. Blake. Like and like those players aren't really chir- like aren't like chirping up for him in general. Like it, it is true. Like it, it seems like this is more of like using this to talk about like labor versus management. Yeah. It's it's more of like an Orwellian response. You well, know? Katie and LeBron both have like you betrayed us narratives going. Steph. Uh, does not have a no trade clause. This was discussed today a little bit because everybody was like, "How did Blake not get a no trade clause?" Right. He had because he was a, he was eligible for it because he, he had that right. year of service, even though he didn't play his rookie year. Shout out and to Mark Stein. For apparently, explaining that. St- Steph did not get that, even though it was discussed with the Warriors. Right. Um, Do you believe in no trade clauses? If you can get them, I believe in anything you can ask for. I agree. You should if you can get it, you should. And somebody like Steph, this is. This is wild because I think Steph's like really in the MVP conversation. Agreed. Has had has had ankle problems in the past, you know, and if the Warriors, I don't think the Warriors would ever do it. I feel like Steve Kerr goes out of his way to say that the Warriors are really are Steph. Yeah. You know, it's like this entire thing is because of the way Steph plays. Yeah. But it is wild to think about uh, these guys who are just so, so important to their franchises, not only on the court, but in terms of marketing. Blake was like on the side of a building. You know, yeah. selling season tickets with Blake Griffin, and you're just like, okay, this is over. Who's the biggest star in LA now? Like in LA sports, like who is the the most famous athlete here? The most famous athlete in Los Angeles. It's kind of nuts. Like the Dodgers have some famous people. Yeah, they have like a bunch they've, of young I mean, kids. Like they have Seager, and they have Puig, and, and they Kershaw have, is really yeah, famous. And Kershaw. I think Kershaw but, might be the most famous LA athlete right now. I think it might be him too, but like also. Like, is Lonzo Ball, like, suddenly I think Lonzo's top five, for sure. It's kind of nuts to think about. I mean, is it Jared Goff? Like, no. I don't think anybody cares about the Rams yet. No. Yeah. It's weird, I mean, Philip Rivers probably is the most famous athlete in L.A., even though he's not, like, an L.A. athlete. If you're throwing, like, a party, though, and you want to get, like, the face of L.A. sports to attend, who do you target? It it was Blake Griffin. Magic. It's still Magic Johnson. Yeah. That's kind of nuts, though. Yeah. Without, and I guess it's still Kobe, too. But he, Yeah, it's Kobe. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But, but I would say that, like, affiliated with the team, the biggest name in L.A. sports is probably Magic Johnson. That's a big opening. Yeah. Is that appealing to, to, like, Paul George or to LeBron? Well, we don't even know what life is like with, like, can you imagine if there was a LeBron figure here? No, I can't. Yeah. It's, it was just Kobe for so long. And... I think our view is a little bit skewed because of the way we cover basketball. But for the last like three years of Kobe, it was, first of all, a ton of drama with Dwight and then he was injured. But it was just sort of like waiting for the Kobe era to end. Right. And um, the Lonzo era is off to a shaky start. Love Kyle Kuzma. He's not, doesn't exactly have the wattage we're looking He's more for. of a cult figure. He's yeah. like, he's like kind of like a, a folk hero. Rather totally. Than, yeah. It's, it's just kind of weird. There's a real void that I think everyone will be talking about come June. But I'm sure that gonna, the next two summers is going to be... I mean, but we've been wondering about this for a while because the the Lakers, 
have been in the mix, have tried to be in the mix for our free agents for a long time. And now the Clippers are putting themselves in a position. It's not going to be as much this season, I don't think, as much as next season. Um, but the Clippers are trying to put themselves in a position to get those guys too. Isn't it weird for All-Star to be here without a major star on either of the two teams? There's something weird about this All-Star coming. It, it definitely feels different than in previous years. Maybe yeah. also, again, our view is skewed like as media. But... um I remember when it was in New York, like Mello was like kind of like the host, you yeah. know, yeah, like yeah, at yeah. the All-Star game, it was like, this is Mello's arena. And Anthony Davis kind of was like, yeah, that he for was the like, New exactly. Yeah. Um, and in Toronto, like a, they had Drake, who's like just so, so high profile, but also like DeRozan and Lowry have been like in the top tier of the NBA for sure. a long time. There's just sort of like not that player for LA for this all-star certainly not now yeah it's bizarre it, it should have been Blake but then he didn't even make the all-star team and I remember thinking like it'll be weird that Blake like, will is going to be in Mexico while the all-star game yeah, is in LA probably yeah yeah and so it's just a it's just a real void and we talk about this all the time but the NBA is so much more fun when there is like intrigue around the New York and LA teams what do you think about the junkyard dog clippers um so there was a good video of DeAndre Jordan leaving nice guy on the night that uh, he that Blake got traded and he just like didn't want to talk and he looked really sad and I was like is he sad about Blake or is he wondering when his time is coming because like it's rumored that he's next right, right. him and right. Lee Williams um, I kind of like the junkyard clippers a little bit more than I used to it's fun I mean this will be an interesting uh, a lot of times when you listen to podcasts and you hear people advocate for things like for instance like I actually agree with Nate Duncan but he was saying if I'm the Pelicans and he's like, and I understand that this is not how this works. He was like, I would trade Anthony Davis tomorrow. Mm. This is the this is the height of Anthony Davis's value. And this is how you rebuild this franchise and essentially save this franchise is by rebuilding it for the next 10 years by getting rid of somebody who is probably going to leave you in two years. Yeah. And DeMarcus is exactly why you do that, because you never know when a guy might take the wrong step chasing his own rebound. That's like, I, that makes sense intellectually. Sure. But it's tough to stomach as as like kind of a more casual fan, as someone who doesn't care about team building. Yeah. They want to see like the guys that they have a personal relationship with. So this Clippers team, which is now disassembled, what was a relatively popular like group of players to not not only the big three, but guys like Jamal Crawford, guys yeah. like Reddick, who were pretty popular Clippers. It was like a, a team with a brand. Like it or yes. not, it yeah. was like a, it was a very specific flavor and you knew what you were going to get from the Clippers. And that kind of gave like a narrative baseline to watching yes. the Western Conference. And it's just weird. That's totally gone. And all the things that people are kind of saying about the Clippers now, which is like, oh, they're going to be really good defensively or like Tobias Harris is such a more affordable option to play either a stretch four or three than Blake was. And they're like, so they have so much flexibility going forward. And for the first time they have a couple picks and they're developing young players. It's like, that's all true. Right. But it's also, this is a major media market. The Clippers got well because they were flying through the rafters dunking and they yeah. had Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan flushing alley-oops. Right. So it'll just be really interesting to see what the Clippers fan base's re reaction is to Milos, Pat Bev, Tobias Harris, uh, you know, and Sam Decker leading the Clippers into the second half of the season. I'm just going to say that's not really a sexy team. Like the teams that are popular are Lob City or just teams that shoot the, light out, shoot the lights out or have a unicorn. Yeah. And they are none of those things. So like... The Rockets and the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors are a separate beast, but like the Rockets are exciting this year because James Harden could go off for 60 and because Eric Gordon is like incredible and obviously Chris Paul too. But like 
you need to have some kind of flair. And I, I don't think like a solid, like affordable team yeah. is really going to fill the Staples Center more than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with this baby Lakers thing, which while not a success on the court has definitely like gotten a lot of attention. I have a couple questions I want to okay. ask for you. The most important one is who is the Clipper to be? Mm. Who is our future Clipper the leader? Clipper, Clipper princess. The Clipper promise. who will rise. Yeah. Is it Paul George? Is it Clay Thompson? I, I know this is really unpopular. I think Paul George will stay in Oklahoma City. It's not unpopular. I think he will. I think Roberson getting hurt and them they're, they're going to have like a somewhat challenging. I know Sharks thinks that they'll be better, but I think Roberson getting hurt is going to be make it a challenge for them to be a serious playoff contender. Uh-huh. And I wonder whether or not he's like, life's too short. I'm going to move to L.A. Interesting. Maybe. Maybe I'm I'm totally wrong. But I, I just don't think the Clippers or the Lakers are that that appealing. Um, Los Angeles is, though. Yes, that's true. Who is the future Clipper? I don't know about Clay. I don't know. Do you think I don't think Michael, Michael Thompson, would disown him? If I don't he think went, Mike, Yeah, I just don't think Michael Thompson would, would like that. Although, if they give him all the money, maybe yeah. money money talks, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think it is? Um, we had this argument about LeBron and like his Jerry West, who's you know one of those sort of front office. He he is what a lot of people think are is making these moves. Lawrence Frank is the is the president of basketball ops, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, and Michael Winger from the Thunder is now the GM there. So I do think that they have like some new kind of blood in the front office. But this LeBron West relationship is is being touted as a reason why the Clippers could get into the mix for LeBron. You know what else was really touted for a while? The um, Jerry West, Harrison Barnes relationship. Remember that article when Barnes was still on the on the Warriors, whereas like He's learned everything he's he's got from spending the summer with yeah. Jerry West. And, yeah, yeah. And then he That's was gone. Yeah. So, do you know if uh, LeBron and Doc get along? Um, I don't know. Do you? Oh, just because LeBron has had a you know a contentious relationship with the city of Boston, uh-huh. and Doc was there for for most of that. Sure. Um, I don't know if that's really the coach that LeBron is looking for in, in the final. Yeah, I would have to imagine. I mean, LeBron doesn't go anywhere and is like, I'm just here to slide in and like make it work. It's like I come and then like there's usually a coaching change. There's usually a huge roster turnover. Even someone, Spo was obviously very young and was kind of like selected by Pat Riley. Yeah. And he's a great coach, one of the best in the league, but he's not like a Doc Rivers type who sort of demands to be like the the guy. Yeah. Um, How do you think that uh, Polinka would feel if Rich Paul doesn't it delivers LeBron to the Clippers? <laughs> <laughs> would he feel betrayed after using so much of his cap cap space knowledge? You know, Polinka will be fine because as we learned from the article on Lakers.com, uh, he's... <laughs> His favorite class in high school was AP Calculus. Yeah. And he loves problem solving. He loves problem solving. So I'm pretty sure he'll figure it out. Check out that article written by Kevin Dang. Yeah, it's like it's a doozy. There's a real uh it's Palenka patting form. himself on the back for sending D'Angelo Russell to Brooklyn because it's like a good situation for him. Yeah. Because there's a human element to these trades, you know? There's some real Lakers long form out there and it's pretty it's pretty incredible. <laughs> Who do you think is the clipper that that will be promised? <sighs> I don't it's just so hard to forecast because there's just so much changes so quickly in the NBA. Yeah. It's just been a wild 10 days. It depends on who is building the Clippers. It depends on who is in charge. Is it Doc? Is it Jerry West? Is it is it just Michael Winger? Is it who is the player that they're coming to play with? Or mm-hmm. is it a complete like, hey, we've got Patrick Beverly and Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley who we've resigned. So like the perimeter defense is already awesome. Like you don't have to worry about like one of the problems for LeBron right now and like in the second half of this season is like he's best defender on the in the starting lineup now. Right. I guess Tristan is, but like 
LeBron has to play a lot of two-way basketball right now. Right. I think also the other problem facing every superstar looking to move to a new city, the teams that have been the most successful over the last few years, minus LeBron's teams, are are the result of a system and like slow growth using draft picks yeah. and scouting. Yeah. And so like it that's true for the Warriors. That's true. Celtics. That's true for the Celtics. Even true for the Rockets. Like they have like a Sixers even like Sixers, even like yeah. a team like on the rise where it's like they've gone and identified guys. Yeah. So it's not just like plug and play. Yeah. And so I think that's just going to be a challenge for the Clippers and the Lakers. I think it's more of a challenge for the Lakers actually because they've gotten all these high draft picks lately and um, Brandon Ingram is probably not a number one and Lonzo is like maybe a uh, maybe will be a great point guard but it's kind of hard to know what his ceiling is right now. Yeah. So good luck to everyone in LA. Should we talk about the Cavs and Kevin Love? Yes. This is a podcast that wants to declare justice for Kevin Love. We st- we stand with Kevin Love. You've been a longtime champion of his, like really even before the little Kev days. And he's getting a raw deal right now. Uh, he's just had such a strange career. He it, really it, has. It really he's has 29 been a, years it's, old. It's a tale of two careers. And <laughs> it it's so wild to look at him now, even compared to what he looked like in Minnesota and even to some extent UCLA. But like, his body type, his game style, all that stuff was like so different in Minnesota. He was this kind of doughy post-playing maestro in Minnesota who expanded his game outwards over the course of the seasons in Minnesota, but like obviously could not be the best player on your team if you wanted to make the playoffs. And then he's kind of like changed his body. He's changed his whole vibe. He's like now a Banana Republic model. And I have not, you know, it's a real question about like, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sublimate? What are you what, like dignity wise? What are you willing to give up to be a champion? And just watching this whole thing over the last couple of weeks where it's like everybody questioning Kevin Love's illness against Oklahoma was like the thing that led to this players only meeting. And then Isaiah Can kind we- of being like, I, you know, it wasn't calling out Kevin Love. I just demanded to yeah, know what happened to him. Let's talk about how this unfolded because it was really weird. So the Clipper, I mean, the, Cavs lose big time to the Thunder on an ABC showcase game. Kevin Love leaves in the middle of the game, and it's like unclear what's wrong with him. And then it comes out that there's a player, like a team meeting, and the players want to know like why Kevin Love wasn't on the bench and didn't attend practice the next day. This comes out from an article with Woj. LeBron James, if you do a command F, LeBron James is not mentioned yes. in this article about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. Um, and it's like, kind of it's a bad look for Kevin Love yeah it's it's weird then like five days later Isaiah Thomas talks to the media and he clarifies because he seems like the ringleader against Kevin Love being like I wasn't calling out Kevin Love we just wanted to know where he was no one from the team told us what happened to him so we were just just curious like just trying to like fact find it's a a really interesting interview if you can find the video of Isaiah because I I just want to specify that he wasn't like we were concerned for Kevin Love. It right. was more just like, we I want know. an explanation for why this yes. guy is no longer here. Yes. And he did say, you know, I've known Kevin Love since like fifth or sixth grade. It's not a problem with me and Kevin Love. But I would not exactly say like, this could have been easily wrapped up if Isaiah was like, oh yeah, well, we were just wondering like what happened to Kev because yeah. like we were concerned like he left. Like, is he okay? Yeah, exactly. Um, it was more like we needed an explanation. Yes. Now, but, but he was kind of turning it on the team management. Yes, the in infrastructure from, Yeah, and away from the players. I will say also that in the in the wake of that team meeting, Kevin Love handled himself pretty well. He yeah. had a pretty funny interview where they asked him like uh, about being an all-star and like being drafted by Team LeBron and he joked about going last. He's like, I'm, I probably got drafted last. And then the next game, 
he grabbed a rebound uh, and instead of like passing it to Isaiah Thomas or like, you know, handing it off to him, he like dipped down to Isaiah Thomas's height and like handed him the ball on a platter, like almost as if like, here you go, sir, like your ball. So that was pretty funny. Uh, Isaiah thought it was, I think he thought it was funny. I, I, I can't read Isaiah Thomas's mind. Yeah. Who knows? And now Kevin Love broke his hand. Is and now after six to eight weeks. I am the, the image of Kevin Love running back to the locker room knowing he's injured is like a searing image yes. in my head. Like he always looks exactly the same. It's kind of sad. He runs with urgency and so, but also kind of like a real calm calmness about him. It's very it's kind of strange. But here is the saddest thing. So last night he breaks his hand, fractures his hand. He's going to be out for probably two months. Dave McMenamin right after the game. Kevin Love was transported back to Cleveland in a car after receiving x-rays and seeing his teammates at halftime. It was like, so I don't know who told Dave, like, make sure everyone knows that Kevin, like, showed his fractured hand to his teammates so that they didn't question like the legitimacy of his medical reasons. It's, it's like, come on, guys. Seriously. Like, let's it's pretty, it's pretty wild. And then today we got LeBron with this uh, you know. It's it's fit out season, I guess, or whatever. It is definitely fit out season. He set put up what was an Instagram yeah. story that said, "What's the what was the actual quote?" He had a quote that said, "When you become lazy, it's disrespectful to those who believe in you." With the one hundred emoji, who do you think that's about? I don't think Kevin Love could be cons- con- considered lazy for breaking his hand. Isaiah Thomas for not working hard enough on his comeback. Well, he is definitely updating us all the time about what percentage he is, he is practicing. Back. Yeah, and he's he's like pretty. It, it, it's interesting that he has become the voice of the Cavs. Yes. Um, I, As I've been saying for a while, he is a voice and he would like to be heard. Yeah. Which I uh, don't begrudge him at all. Jay Crowder and Jarrah Smith both having tough seasons. Jarrah Smith probably having a career worst offensive season. Yes. Um, I, I don't know who else he could be referring to. Channing Fry got dunked on a couple times last night, but I think that was more just like he's used to playing five minutes a game. I guess. If, if at all. Um. I don't know who is not giving the effort on that team. Isaiah Thomas's defensive rating numbers are astonishing. Like it's like, but they were always bad. You think he was playing one on five? <laughs> Seriously. Yikes, Isaiah! It's a tough one. If you keep watching that LeBron story though on Instagram, it gets really cute. He shares a, a beverage with his daughter, and they burp in each other's faces. Dad, LeBron's my favorite LeBron. Since we're we started this podcast talking about the end of an era, yeah, and and sort of how the Clippers have have matched like us doing pods together. Are you prepared for the end of the Cavs? Are you ready for the end of the Cavs? The end of LeBron in the lands? Are you kind of like, I'm done. I'm ready for it. Um, the Miami era feels like so long ago. Oh yeah. It's like, but LeBron is ever present. Like it's like just, he carries, he carries us forward. Yes. I'm, I'm ready for the end of the Cavs. I also am really ready for the Cavs to not make the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone the Finals. Like, let's just mix it up. Let's have some fun. Yes. Not, I mean, like, that's like a prayer. I think they'll still make the Finals just because. Absolutely not. Would, you don't think so? I, I do not think so. I just never want to bet against LeBron, as he told me on his Instagram, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to get to today? Um, Great question, Chris. I just want to mention that we have a great feature about Jason Tatum on The Ringer today by John Gonzalez. Shout out to my Monday morning heat check check partner. Um, But more importantly, last week, the Celtics were in town and um, teams like to go out to nightclubs when they're in L.A. The Celtics went to Warwick, which is not too far from our office here in Hollywood. Oh, Um, Gigantic life-size 
beyond life size, like gigantic photo of Emily Rogakowski in there, her naked. It's, Why? It's, it's just like that's the decor. It's like a giant, huge. Do you photo. think she was paid for that? Definitely. Okay. It's like it's like art in air quotes. Oh, it wasn't like we just took a picture no. from GQ and put it. No, up. it's like okay. a model. It's like she posed for it. It's okay. Like it's kind of shocking and weird. Um. Anyway, Jason Tatum, not a lot in the club because he's only 19 years old. <laughs> old enough to be a father, though. <laughs> old enough to be a father, not old enough for the club. Interesting really- week of uh of of clubs for these guys. Um. Well, just because the Warriors went out in Utah, apparently. <laughs> okay, so the Warriors lost by 30 in Utah last night. Donovan Mitchell, very proud of himself. Congrats, Donovan Mitchell. You'll have a great future. Um, Juliet, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Breaking news. Oh, no. Catherine Heigl joins Suits. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Catherine wow. Heigl's on Suits. Izzy Stevens is on Suits replacing Meghan Markle? Yeah. <laughs> Holy the cow. real queen is here. Holy cow. Yeah. I'm worried about Suits now. She doesn't have a good track record. <laughs> oh, my God. This is really big. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, sure. Back to the Warriors for a second. <laughs> the Warriors lost by 30 in, goal, in Utah. And Chris Haynes, I think it was Chris Haynes, was like, like plus one for nightlife. The Warriors very specifically, like three or four of them, Instagram pictures of them, at an escape room. Yeah. I, I, when you first said this, I was like, does Salt Lake have a club called Escape no. Room? No. Because there should be one. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Um, but an escape room is like a team building challenge, yeah. whatever, whatever. And so was that like a distraction to be like, look what, what fun we're having as a team like and like being sober in Utah? I don't understand how you get smashed by 30. Like this is, I feel like this is a season where we're seeing a lot of like, you know, like the Cavs giving up like 135 points to teams. They almost like they almost give 130 to the Pistons. So when the the Warriors go and get just absolutely roasted by the Jazz, what do you guys like do? Like what happened? I don't know. You're the Warriors. They, I totally don't care. Like you guys can lose a game, but it's really wild. It is really weird. Like when you just come out like not playing defense, like are they just bored? I, I don't know. They've had a lot of road games I lately. I saw it. And I was like, oh, Steph and Steph and Kevin must have rested, and it's yeah, nope, thirty minutes. It's pretty weird. I don't really, and also I just found the escape room. Is Steve Kerr weird. on the hot seat now? <laughs> Fire Steve Kerr. Just kidding. We love Steve Kerr here, although we don't want him to run for office. Um, it's pretty good. And yeah, lastly, a trip to Philly. Oh God, Markel. Fultz I was kind of hoping we would just wrap it there, but okay. Markel Fultz is mad at his coach. Allegedly, Brett, allegedly mad yeah. at his coach, who Brett Brown basically said he has he's suffering from psychosomatic effects, and that's why he can't shoot. So this is slightly so. Mark Jones on an ESPN broadcast said that in a production meeting, Brett Brown said that. And then he said it on the broadcast. Markel Fultz was like, you can't trust anyone, yada, yada. And Brett was like, I was like wildly misquoted. I've been incredibly consistent in what I've been saying about Markel all season. And he mentions, I have talked about Markel hundreds of times. Therein lies the problem. And I really like Brett Brown. Sure. But this great hire. spectacle about which I participate in, which I watch like as if it's like a horror movie every day, the videos from practice, him trying to like get his shoulder to go up above his chin line and shoot two foot jump shots. All of the like, I don't ever remember this much footage of an NBA player 
in practice ever getting online. Like this why, is why are they still allowing why are it? they doing this? I don't know. Close. How close many times has Greg Popovich talked about Kawhi Leonard in the last three months? Zero. Seven How- times, like yeah, maybe. You're right. To be like not he's not back. He's not back. He's back. He's not going to be back for a while. I didn't. I I haven't seen any clips of Kawhi in practice though. Like that, I think is yeah. zero. Yeah. So like I just don't understand why they. This is not a team that's unfamiliar with rookies with injuries. Yeah. So whether whatever the injury is, why is it being played out in public? I don't know. It's very rude to Markel. And and I don't know. It's kind of inexplicable. As you know, I've been concerned about how the Sixers are managing their their stars. Yeah. uh, Careers. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm still concerned. Okay. Great note to leave on. I have so much to think about with Catherine Heigl now. I, this, I mean, like, that's what that's the big takeaway from this I'm glad, podcast. I'm glad I came out on Sorts to Say because, as we know, the NBA loves suits. Yeah. So it was really um, fitting. Thanks for listening. RIP to Lob City. And if you have suggestions on who should be the rightful heir to the LA Sports Crown, please yeah. hit us up on Twitter. Bye, guys. Ready?